Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Talking Fit Podcast. Here with you live and direct with Ty and Adam, ready to talk about consistency today, guys. So let's dive right in. I love how you always go into it like we're live. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah, I guess I never well, we technically are live. You guys aren't hearing this live. But it's just the emotion coming out. <laughs> it's like it's like it's a wonderful Thursday. Like, well, maybe it's, maybe it's not. Maybe, maybe it's not. It's we, don't even post it. we don't even post it until Monday. You never notice that until right now. <laughs> oh, you're right. My apologies, guys. Well, well welcome. Is, we're still happy to have you. Right now it's Thursday. Uh, I don't remember the date. Was it the 13th? Maybe. We'll go with that. I think it's, yeah, I think it's the 13th. It's like the hottest day of the summer so far. <laughs> so we moved this up to the, the office to get some air conditioning. Hopefully the acoustics are better in here than the garage. Yes. But yeah, we we're talking about consistency today. So uh, this is above everything else, uh, you know, whether it comes to, uh, you know, how much protein are you eating? What are your calories? Uh, you know, what type of workout are you doing? Uh, you know, any of that stuff. The number one thing that's going to determine whether or not you see results is your consistency. It's gonna, that's what it's going to be. It's, it doesn't matter if you're you know powerlifting or you're doing Zumba, like any or anything in between, or if you're eating you know keto or you're doing intermittent fasting or you're just tracking calories and protein. Mm-hmm. If you're not consistent, you're not going to see the results you want to see. So that means on paper you could have the absolute best workout program written by the smartest trainer in the world and have a meal plan laid out for you by the smartest nutrition coach in the world and it's not gonna work if you don't if you're not consistent with it so uh, one of the things that I go over with clients is, is getting a realistic idea of what consistency actually looks like um, so I know like you use this term a lot I use it as well which is the 80 yep. 20 split uh, you know 80% of the time you're consistent and 20% of the time is where you allow yourself like some reasonable flexibility um, so what does that look like on a monthly basis? Realistically, if you break that down, that means 24 to 30 days of a month, you should be on track and consistent. So mm-hmm. that sounds like a lot, but if you think about that realistically, that gives you six days out of a month where you could be kind of inconsistent or flexible, and it's not gonna ruin your results as long as you stack multiple months with that consistency. So that, that averages out to more than one day per week where you can be pretty lenient with with your nutrition do you, do you think that do you kind of lean towards that 80 20 when you're working with clients yeah i think it definitely depends on what their goals are um in terms of building a, a sustainable lifestyle i always you know whether it's a, a post or a conversation i'm having with somebody 80 20 is what i lead with um realistically more so because i feel 90 20 is getting 90 10 or excuse me 90 10 <laughs> yeah we can't do 90 20 because 90 10 um i, I think people like tend to want to dial in more 90-10 when they have a specific goal. Normally, generally speaking, it's when they want to get ready, say, for maybe a vacation or something yeah. for a show, something of that nature. We really have to be super specific and get, put um, just a little bit more of a limitation on yourself in terms of the days in which you can go uh, kind of off the handles a little bit and enjoy the things you like. But 80-10 is what I lead with. 80-20. What, what is going on today? 80-20, <laughs> guys. All right, here we go. Happy Thursday. So 80-20... Is what I lead with more so uh, when it comes to my content. Yeah, I think I think that is a point that I have jotted down at the at the at the bottom of my list, which is uh, realistic expectations. So the the 80, 20, 90, 10 thing applies to this because you have to have a realistic expectation of what the result is going to be. Now, 80, 20 uh, lifestyle, meaning 80% of the time you're consistent, 24 days out of a 30 day month, you know, 12 months out of the year, or at least 11 months out of the year, you're staying on track. 
Um, realistically, if you were grading that, an 80 out of 100 is about a B uh, on a test, right? So that's not bad, but it's not like phenomenal. So mm -hmm. what phenomenal would be if you were to scale that in relation to fitness is like your upper level athletes would be like phenomenal. These are like, you know, the one percenters, you know, uh, professional bodybuilders or actors who are training for a role or professional athletes. So there's no need for the average person to shoot for being 100% all the time. So understand that in an 80-20 lifestyle split what that sets you up for is to be able to sustain this year round have good results but still enjoy life along the way mm -hmm. 80 20 is not necessarily going to get you to be able to step on stage for a bodybuilding competition sure. but most people don't have any aspirations to do that like even myself included i have, I have no aspirations of being a, <laughs> being a bodybuilder or anything like that but i do want to be in good shape i want to feel comfortable you know going to the beach and stuff like that so for me i would probably lean more in the middle between that 80 90. now you don't have to sit there and actually like do math it's like well what's 80 there's 31 days this month what would be 80 percent of that this is just a general idea so you can see your uh, your you know your behavior patterns throughout the month. Mm -hmm. So what that means is if you know if you mentally know six days out of the month you can be pretty lenient and not really worry about it, then you know if a week goes by and you were ate like crap and over over consumed alcohol and didn't work out Thursday through Monday, mm -hmm. four days in one week. Mm -hmm. You know that you've got to be pretty on point for the rest of the month because you just ate up the majority of your your allowance for those flexible days. Like, does that make sense? What I'm saying? Yeah, I think it's a huge point to notice. This, uh, just to interject real quick, especially about right now, August. This is a huge time for people going on vacation, taking yeah. trips. People who have lives. <laughs> yes. Unlike unlike me. Unlike us. Um. Yes, but yeah, to stick to that that same um consistent the eighty twenty in terms of uh, right now, especially I was saying with our uh, vacation times. I've uh, actually just had a client. Who was uh, just went on vacation? She went to uh, Florida and she was like, she came back, she was up a little bit, weight was up a little bit, you know, uh, scale was up a little bit, it just remained the same, but she was kind of freaking out a little bit because she's like, oh, the scale went up, I ruined all my progress, yeah. um, you know, everything I've done, like, kind of went to shit now, and it's like, no, you're okay, remember, let's look at our, let's look at our month, let's look at our, our, our quarter, let's look at our year not get caught up on that day-to-day -day yeah. influx of, you know, our weight. That's just such a good point because every – I just had that conversation too with somebody actually mm -hmm. this week. Yeah. They went away for um, – actually, they were supposed to go away mm -hmm. for a week and ended up not going away mm -hmm. but then still had a fun time at, <laughs> at home. And, Straight you know, she was, she was very upset and, you know, she said she was, you know, having a lot of negative self-talk and, and felt like she had like, you know, doesn't even know how to stay consistent uh, when she's, when she's, you know, in social situations. So I broke it down for her just like you did. I was like, look at your year, yes. look at your yes. month, you know, the last three days are not going to make or break you. Like you're, you want to be so consistent, not to overuse that word, but to be, be so consistent to where even a full week of kind of being off track isn't gonna ruin you. Mm -hmm. And that's what people need to understand is that it's so cliche to say like, oh, you don't get results in a week, so you can't lose results in a week. But it's very, very true. I mean, I, you don't have someone show up for you know three workouts and go, oh my God, I feel like I'm in phenomenal shape now, right? Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. on the back, but on the flip side, if they go away for three days and they, they quote, quote unquote cheat, yep. then they're like, I fucked up everything. But it's like, so, it's, it's more of a, it becomes more of a mental game at that point. Like 
you're so people are just afraid that they won't be able to reel it in. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the main things you have to understand though is the, the most one of the most important parts of consistency is establishing a sustainable baseline of habits mm-hmm. so that getting reeling it in, going back to normal isn't hard because you have a normal. I think most people are so inconsistent mm-hmm. that they don't have a normal. They don't know what uh, a normal week of eating quality protein and, and adequate protein, eating enough calories and uh, you know having quality training sessions, they don't even know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. So then when they stack maybe two weeks of that in a row and they start to feel better, when they have two days of off behavior, now they feel like they've ruined it because mm-hmm. that, that feeling of being uh, you know consistent was so foreign to them that they, they feel like it's, it's so fragile that they've now ruined it. But if you can stack, six, 12, 18, 24 months of mm-hmm. consistency, you start to realize how little like a week actually matters in the grand scheme of things. So I like for me, if I was going away on vacation, like I, I we talked about this, I believe on one of the uh, older episodes, but uh, it basically like the, keeping your wheels in motion, the four different wheels. Yeah, four yeah, wheels yeah. So like, you know, your sleep, your nutrition, mm-hmm. alcohol consumption, slash hydration, and like your workouts, so if you want to stay consistent, the, the easiest way I would do it is like if those are your four wheels, try to always keep at least two or three of them in motion. So if you know you're going to be drinking a lot because you're going away for a week and, and let's just say, I would say 99.9% of the time if you're drinking a lot, you're not then eating quality food, you're probably eating kind of crappy too. Yeah. So what I would say on, on those situations, at least get your workouts in. Yeah. So like if I go on vacation, I always work on vacation. Am I doing, uh, you know top you know level workouts and hitting prs no but i'm getting in at least three or four quality workouts just because i enjoy doing them so even if i am eating like crap it doesn't fully ruin me and if if you have that mindset going in when i get back from the vacation i just go back to normal i go back to tracking go back to eating protein and it actually feels good to get back to normal i'm not freaking out about it mm-hmm. you know does that do you have that experience with clients too yeah 100 i think on that same notion it's also to make a point that Noticing that being able to keep one of you or out of your four wheels to be able to commit to at least one of them on vacation and realizing how important that is. And all it takes is just a little bit of prep work, just like it does yeah. with keeping your nutrition consistent throughout the week. You can look at a hotel or if you're going to an all-inclusive resort, see what kind of foods they offer or see if they have a gym available. And if not, minimally at the end of the day, you can always at least get outside, get some movement in and still feel better to some extent. And literally just saying, all right, when I'm home, I'm consistent. My baseline's locked in. If I go on vacation, screw it. I'm off to the winds and absolutely nothing. Yeah, and I think that that uh, that kind of ties into another point I had written down, which mm-hmm. is uh, don't take extended time off because you think a certain uh, period of life is going to make it more difficult for you to stay consistent. Yes. So um, that's kind of a mouthful. But uh, <laughs> uh, this it sounds like common sense. We're talking about consistency to not take extended time off Mm -hmm. but this is a conversation i had recently with with multiple people who were coming up on summer and and you know they weren't clients of mine just conversations i've had in general people coming up on summer maybe they didn't get to where they wanted to get to um between january and the summer you know because most people start the new year they're like i'm gonna you know get things uh together and then the summer comes and maybe they weren't as consistent as they would have liked or whatever the case may be but i i heard this time this uh phrase a lot which is you know 
I, I think maybe I'll just take the summer off. Mm. AKA, I, you know, just take the summer off. Don't, not worrying about tracking, not worrying about working out and just quote unquote, enjoy my summer. And then, mm. you know, those same people, the same ones who are going to go do that during the holidays. They're going to say, oh, I'm just going to take the holidays off. I'll get back on it in January. Well, now you talk, now that's half the year. Mm-hmm. So again, if we're talking about yearly consistency, that's, that's, that's 50, 50 at best. Okay. That's assuming between January and June, you were on point, you know, yeah, every single day. So which don't, is which is not realistic. So don't take extended periods of time off. Instead have baseline non-negotiable minimums that you have to adhere to no matter what season of life you're in. No, no matter if you are on vacation or work is getting stressful or you just had a baby or you go or it's the holidays you need some sort of discipline and baseline level of you know commitment to to this lifestyle if you want to see consistent results so for me that is you know making sure i get at least you know four workouts in a week and like at, at the very least i mean even if everything in my life is completely off track mm-hmm. I'm getting those four workouts in. Like it's gonna happen. Like even when we just we just had our baby, uh, you know, in November, it's cold outside. Like I work out in my garage, so like at the time we like we didn't even have a heater yet. So like it was really yeah, really cold. Yeah, newborn baby. You know, so we're ordering takeout a lot, not eating great, not getting a lot of sleep, Mm -hmm. but always making sure to hit those workouts. So now at the end of November, did I have my ideal results? Was I at my ideal body composition? No, but I wasn't like on in the deep end, Mm -hmm. forgetting what working out was even like, and now I have to start from scratch. So I think most people just live in these extremes where. It's either, you know, I'm sure you hear the phrase, like, I'm all in or all out. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm either uh, so on point or I'm not. And, and I usually call those people out. And I sound like, that's what you, that's the story you tell yourself, but it's not true. Because mm-hmm. if you were to look at your year, I guarantee you that most of your time is spent on the out part. Yeah. Most of your time is not working out consistently, not tracking calories, drinking too much alcohol, not paying attention to hydration. So realistically, you're all in for what? Maybe a couple of days or a couple of weeks peppered out throughout the year. Yep. So, you know, a, a, a kind of a long-winded point, but don't take extended periods of time off. They like don't take, you know, multiple weeks off, you know, find solutions instead of excuses. So for example, let's say you tweak your shoulder, mm-hmm. you know, don't take three weeks off of the gym waiting for the shoulder to hear better. Find, because there's 5,000 exercises, find the four to 10 that you can do mm-hmm. and just do those until your shoulder feels better. Yeah. You know, don't completely take time off. I, I don't know if the, what your feelings are on that, but well, like, I, I, I agree 100%. So I actually, uh, last June, as you know, we talked about, I went through, I had foot surgery. Um, I had a correction of a, a hammer toe on one of my feet. Uh, so basketball playing, uh, my feet got beat to hell pretty much. Yeah. So I had to correct that, but I was uh, crutches, I actually was on a walker at first, went to crutches and then, you know, a boot and slowly came out of it from there. So at that point in time though, I was working out five days a week. It was summertime. Yeah. I wanted to stay leaner and uh, still, tra- uh, you know, tracking my calories and stuff still, but I wanted to be able when the, when the weekend come, came, have those two days and just kind of, you know, do my thing. So, um, or at least a day and a half of which I get a little more leeway than most of you guys. I apologize being seven foot, but that yeah. being said, um, you know, the doctor was like, you know, rest, take it easy. You shouldn't do this. You know, you need to just relax, allow your body to heal. 
And for me, I knew mentally I would feel a lot better. I physically would feel a lot better. And in my opinion, it helps to heal with the healing process, getting the blood moving, getting your joints moving, things of that nature. Um, that I didn't want to take that time off. I wanted to commit, you know, to myself consistently still getting majority or just core and body weight. Yeah. Uh, but still, it, and some mobility, but it still allowed me to stay on track and not fall completely off, um, you know, taking what, two, or it would have been, it was like a nine month recovery to a very long time. Yeah. Like if you can, in nine months, you can definitely lose a, a lot of progress and a lot of strength. Um, your health can decline. That's a long time. That's, you know, a full pregnancy time, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, if I would have listened to the doctors like they had, whatever, administered and did what they wanted me to do, I would have been starting at scratch. Yeah. You know, committing to my consistency, what my levels are, um, making sure I was very aware of how I feel on each day, allowed me to stay on track and continue to push through. Um, so, yeah, consistency has to be a lifelong process and a lifelong thing. It can't just be I'm consistent for six months. And then the other six months I'm not on vacation. Yeah, exactly. And if you and I think I think that's getting a, a very like general or not in general, a very specific idea of what consistency looks like. This just means it's different for everybody, mm-hmm. you know, realistically. But it means something that you can do pretty much every week, year round, mm-hmm. and that's your non-negotiable minimum. Yes. So like that means even if even if you're a complete beginner and you can only commit to two days a week of working out, two days for 45 minutes, that's fine. If you stay consistent with that, you will see results. Now, if you're you know someone who's working out four days a week, mm-hmm. are you gonna maybe see results a little bit faster than someone working out two days? Like, sure. yeah, maybe. But like, does that mean you shouldn't work out the two days? Like, no, if all you can do is two days, mm-hmm. you should, even one day. Do I, one day I think is kind of pushing it. It's a little bit, but again, I, I think if you committed to it and you mm-hmm. stuck to that one day for, you know, as a non-negotiable, yeah. you would eventually start adding in more days because you'd start to see the value of it. Yeah. So yeah. I, think, I think whatever you can commit to and make it a minimum, as long as you're doing that, you will develop some consistency. But like, again, it's not, it can't just be one thing is in line and everything else goes to shit. Like there should be some general consistency across the board. So when it comes to nutrition, that means, again, it doesn't need to be perfect. It doesn't mean you're eating, you know, grilled chicken and broccoli out of Tupperware seven times a day. Yeah, what it means is that you are paying attention to what's going in your body. Like that's really how simple it is. Mm-hmm. You are learning about. You are just paying attention to it. You're you're understanding why you should be eating protein at each meal. You're understanding why eating, you know, a baked sweet potato is probably a better choice than eating French fries. Like mm-hmm. you understand these things, and then you just apply them eighty to ninety percent of the time. So that means if you have a basket of french fries on a Friday, it's not that big of a deal. It's yeah. not a big deal at all, actually. But if you had french fries you know, every single day leading up to that, and every single day your calories were out of whack, and your protein was low, and you're not paying attention to your hydration, and you're not mm-hmm. working out, then honestly, like even then the fries aren't a big deal, because it's, it's the, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the rest of the week is what's fucking you up. It's not that one basket of french Very fries. Very true. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. I think that, well, I want to make a note on terms because you said about being perfect. So. I think that's something huge and I want people to know that like we aren't looking for, again, I'm reiterating what we're saying, we're looking for consistency, but not perfection. Perfection, generally speaking, is unrealistic. I don't know, and you you tell me different, you know one person that is perfect on their diet, 365. Yeah. 
Bro, your whole life. No, no, nobody. And also, but it also does. It also depends on what is your definition of perfect. Because mm-hmm. I, I have this conversation with clients all the time who go, "Oh, I'm going to be perfect this month." And I, I'm like, "What does that even mean?" What does that mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what does that even mean? Perfect. Oh, I'm going to be perfect. Well, what does that mean? Well, I'm, I, and I've had these conversations where the person goes, "I'm eating nothing but veggies and protein. You know, no alcohol, uh, no no carbs, no sugar." And I go, "Well, why?" You know, what, what are you going to do when the month's over? Like, you're going to go off the deep end. Like, I'm telling you right now, like, you're, this is what's going to happen. In a month from now, you will just completely go off the deep end and eat whatever you want. Instead, figure out how to fit those things in, in moderation and actually, like, you know, establish a healthy relationship with food. And it's a huge thing, man. Like, if you don't have a healthy relationship with food, it makes it much harder to stay consistent. Because you either view food as, like, this fetishized, like, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, amazing thing that you can't have and you just want, mm-hmm. or you view it as like punishment. Like, oh, I gotta eat this plain egg whites yeah, for, yeah. for breakfast because I'm fat. I need to lose yeah. weight. So if you just look at it as eating food that tastes good that you know is nourishing for your body, like it, it's not a punishment. It's a reward. So like every every morning when I cook breakfast, you know, I eat pretty much the same thing every morning. Yeah. I'm never eating it going, oh man, I know what, I would really wish I was eating pancakes with butter and syrup right now. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, it doesn't even cross my mind because I know that I'm not going to feel great after I eat that. Yes. So once in a while, like the, I don't even remember the last time I had pancakes, but like the once every few months or something that I randomly have pancakes, they're very enjoyable because I don't have them very often, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just understanding that it's not a punishment. It's not going on a diet. It's just understanding the fact that if you want to see results, again, setting realistic expectations, if you want to lose body fat, you want to be leaner, you want to feel better, you got to control what goes in your body. Like that's how it is. That's like the same, you know, I hate to use this analogy because it's so cliche, but it's like, like if your car is running like shit mm-hmm. and but you're just constantly putting like diesel in a Toyota Corolla like it's gonna it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna run bad you know what I mean yeah, so you can't yeah, do yeah. that yeah no I understand I agree right there with you brother so I, I think that, yeah we got a few other points uh, and if you guys are listening to this and you have specific questions like you know let us know but I think another another uh, point that I was going over is you know some daily kind of you know uh tangible things that people can do to maintain consistency. And one one of the things that I do for uh, some of my clients and and my challenges too, is I just create like a very simple Mm -hmm. daily checklist. Me too. Like yeah, daily checklist. And I'm not talking about like 10, 12 items, I'm talking about like three to five things. And all you gotta do is if you can check off at least, and I say this, this is the rule I said, is if you can check off four out of five, you're consistent. Mm -hmm. That's really all. So that means every day you can sacrifice one of those if you want. So uh, for the ones I had in the, in the last one, uh, you know, if we're talking about strictly like physical things, it was like, you know, it was summertime. So 30 minutes of outdoor time, yeah. 30 minutes of some sort of activity. And now this could be a workout or it could be going for a walk. So I don't intend people to, you know, work out every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, it could be a walk. Uh, it was, you know, drinking 30 ounces of water before lunchtime every day and then accurately tracking your calories and protein. Now, the, this one, is very important to remember is that I just said accurately tracking. I didn't say you had to hit your numbers perfectly. It was just that you were being accountable for your eating. So that means even if you went over your calories, you were under your protein, as long as you accurately tracked it, mm-hmm. it you, that counted towards your consistency. Yep. Now what this does is when you're accurately tracking, 
you start to see, oh shit, when I eat this and this, my calories go way over. So then you moderate your behavior the next day. Mm -hmm. Also, let's say it rained out and you can't get your 30 minutes of outdoor time. Mm -hmm. You can then do the other three or four and then you're still on track. Let's say you didn't work out that day. Mm -hmm. You can do the other, you know, three or four and still stay on track. So that's a good way that I've found that keeps you in line. Setting up a daily checklist, you know, three to five things Mm -hmm. that have to do with fitness and nutrition. Um, and you know, it could be, it could be two things. It could mm-hmm. be, you know, I tracked my calories and protein and I worked out. I, I like to do three to five though, cause it gives you some slack to play yes. around with. You know what I mean? It doesn't hold them to the certain guys. Like, no, you, you need this every single day, no matter what this yeah. has happened. I, I think it's, it's a lot of what people don't realize as, you know, being a personal trainer or a nutrition coach, just a coach in general, it, it's a lot of give and take. Yeah. Um, you have to meet the client where they are, meet them where they're at and realize that. Hey, these are these are the habitual patterns that you have built in from how depending on how old you are, you could have these from when you were younger or um, built them at more of a an older age. But it's about finding what's going to work for you and allow you to be consistent and sustainable over the, the long term and build it into a lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. The sustainability. I mean, the consistency and sustainability go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if something's not sustainable, you're not going to stay consistent with it. Yeah. It's very. It's it's honestly, it's that simple. So. When we're talking about sustainability, again, this is a relative thing. Mm-hmm. This is this is different for everybody. You know, what's sustainable to one person may not be sustainable to another, but it doesn't mean that one is right and one is wrong. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I have, you know, 5 a.m. clients every single day during the week. That's not sustainable for some people. For some people, waking up at 4.30 in the morning and going to work out may not be sustainable for them. Maybe they work, maybe they have a job where they work late at night mm-hmm. or maybe or whatever the case may be. But... That doesn't mean that you can't find another time period in the 24 hours in a day that you can't work out. But I will say that if I was to recommend something as a coach, I think that the sooner you can get in your workout based on your schedule, the better. Now, that doesn't mean you have to wake up at 4 a.m., but let's say you don't have work until 9 a.m., and you sleep every day until 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. You know, is it really that unrealistic for you to get up at 6.30 and get in a 40-minute workout? You know, because I find for most people, you know, and this was a point that I heard brought up on another podcast, but it's very, very true because I worked in a, a big box gym. Mm-hmm. Do you ever listen to Mind Pump? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Great. It's a great podcast. I think everyone who listens to this should listen to Mind Pump. It's a great I'm podcast. Sure. But the guy Sal on there made a really good point saying that, you know, when he worked, we used to work in a big box gym, you know, the evening crowd was a constantly like ever changing, evolving crowd. Yeah, and you always yeah, see yeah. new people. Yeah. And it's like, he goes, but the 5am, 6am crowd, yeah. it was the same people every single day mm-hmm. for years. Yeah. And I can attest to that being someone who used to get to a big box gym at 5am. I would see the same faces every day. It's because when people who work out early in the morning are more likely to be consistent because it's the first thing you do in the day and there's not a bunch of stuff happening in the, in, throughout the day to distract you or to throw you off track. Like you, an unpredictable work meeting or you know your kid needs to be picked up early from school, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So I think if you have the option to work out at, as the start of your day, I would definitely recommend doing that. Yeah, I 100% agree. Simply for the fact of most of my clients tend to be parents and yeah. you're a parent so you can speak on it uh, things can pop up real quick yeah. and completely throw off your day and I think I more so I gravitate uh, when I use an example I say parents because I notice the biggest difference even just from speaking with you that um, 
your time is much more controlled by what your kid needs from you. Yeah. You know what if I'm it's saying? Not, if it's not work, it's what the kid needs. Exactly. You know I mean? That's those are the two things that control every decision you make throughout the day. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, if, you have, if you're someone who has kids like me, like, you know, you know how hectic the schedule can get, mm-hmm. but... I always try to make this point to people. It's like, it's never like, you're never going to be happy that you made the decision to stop taking care of yourself. No one's ever going to look back and be like, wow, I'm really glad that I didn't work out for the last three months and I didn't eat right for the last three months. And I drank a ton. Like no one ever looks back on that. Mm -hmm. Everyone who starts working out and stays with it always looks back on it and goes, wow, I'm really glad I did that. And when they fall off, they always are trying to get back to the place where they were when they were consistent. So mm-hmm. my, it's just don't never fall off. Never allow yeah. yourself to fall off that routine. So I, now when it comes to results though, the time of day you work out really doesn't matter. It's not like you're going to get better results working out early in the morning versus later at night. If you're someone who working out after work is a way to de-stress and, and you know you'll stay consistent with that, that's totally fine too. I'm saying if I'm broad stroking it overall for most people, I think most people could, you know, benefit from just getting up a little bit earlier. You know, I think a lot of people will find reasons to stay up later than they need to, but will never find a good reason to get up earlier. You know what I mean? Because it sucks. It sucks to get up earlier. You know what I mean? It's not fun. You know, I do it every single day. It's not that great. But if you can get yourself out of bed, to go, you know, to go work out first thing in the morning, you can stack a few days of that. Mm-hmm. You're more likely to turn those few days into a week. And then, you know, it just becomes part of your life, you know? Mm-hmm. And again, realistic expectations. You don't have to do it every single day. Sure. Maybe you're only, you're working out three days a week. So now we're, now we're really breaking down and going, how, how, you know, important is your health to you? Is it, is it worth it to you to get up 90 minutes earlier, mm-hmm. three days a week, to see really great results, like is that does that really sound that uh, you know unreasonable? So you know to to, to ask of somebody, yeah. uh, I don't think so. I don't at all. It's the same notion that as, I'm just thinking that your health is your wealth. Your health is how you are going to enjoy your wealth or anything you have in this life. If you don't have our health, we're not going to be able to enjoy it. I think the same notion actually goes uh, as far as our nutrition as well. Yeah. Um, on the count of three, you have to say what you have for breakfast. All right, ready? Every day. One, two, Wait, three. Wait, at the same time as you? Yeah, same time. One, two, three. Every Egg whites and oatmeal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I knew it. So, again, guys, prime example, and we didn't plan this, so I just broke it out now. The reason I say that is the reason that me and Adam do this is not because it's the most flavorful thing in the yeah. world, not because it tastes amazing. It's because we're getting a quality, whole source of protein in. Yeah. And it allows us to stay full and fuel for our workouts and getting in a whole source of carbs as well. It allows us to stay consistent and it sets us up for the rest of the day. So finding those small things in the earlier part of the day that will allow you to stay successful throughout the day will lead to better. No, and that's a, so. This this is a good a, a couple of points too. Is that, so one is that egg whites and oatmeal sounds like the typical like bro mm. meal, gym bro meal, right? But there's a lot of nutritional value to it. Okay. There's nothing also nothing wrong with eating some whole eggs in there. Yeah. But but the the point that I'm trying to make though that I want to make is that you can copy and paste or plug and play any lean protein and quality carb yes. and fill that those same two spots. So for example, yeah. if I'm in a rush one morning, let's say I woke up a little later than I needed to, I might go big bowl of Greek yogurt with scoop of protein in it instead yeah. of cooking up egg whites because it's faster and I might have two slices of like uh, you know, whole grain toast mm-hmm. on the side. 
because these these are fast, so I can pop the toast in the toaster oven mm-hmm. while I make the yogurt, and it's ready at the same time. Whereas the oatmeal takes a little longer to boil the water, eggs take a little longer. Sure. So like, uh, let's say I'm in a suit, you're a super rushed. Mm-hmm. You know, you might make a smoothie like you do sometimes. You mm-hmm. know, for, so like you can any lean protein, quality carb. But the reason why eighty to ninety percent of the time I'm eating the same thing, you know, besides it fits my you know protein calories, is just that. It's one less decision I have to make throughout the day. Yes. I think most people have too much, too many options yeah, with what to do with their time, what to do with their food. Mm-hmm. So now, like, think about it realistically. If you're, if you're someone, anyone in America or most places, if you're hungry, you can go on an app on your phone, look up almost every restaurant in your area, order what you want from your phone, and someone's just going to bring it to you. Yeah. Like, so there's too many options. So then you're sitting there like, well, what should I order? Do I want a burger? Do I want sushi? Do I want pizza? And there's so many. I just like, just take the options out of it. Every morning I eat this for breakfast. And you just get up every morning and eat the same thing. You know, can you switch it up once in a while? Like, yeah. Like, if I, like, this morning I woke up and I was like, eh, I feel like rice. I wanted, like, rice cakes with peanut butter on it instead mm-hmm. of oatmeal. So I just ate that, but I know it's easy switch. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not making Eggo waffles with butter and syrup. It's an easy switch, probably mm-hmm. around the same amount of calories. Oh, uh, I'm making egg rice this morning. I'm gonna throw a couple of whole eggs in there, uh, and then some tomato and like some Parmesan cheese flavor, and make it have a little flavor. Again, easy additions, but my baseline level of, of habits are very similar. It's egg whites and some sort of carb. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lunch and dinner, it's the same thing. It's a, a lean protein. Some sort of carb, and you know, probably like a vegetable or maybe a piece of fruit. It's like people are people think that this the consistency thing requires like this like you know, these magical foods. Like I don't know what to eat. It's just like if you have a list of protein options and a list of carb options, which you could easily come up with ten to twenty options. All you have to do is just pick one from each thing and throw it in there, and you, you'd be pretty much okay. You know, yeah. and then and then you can get into like the minutia of actually weighing things out and stuff like that. But if you're used to eating subway every day yep. and you switch to eating you know uh salmon and sweet potato mm-hmm. you're more you're probably gonna be cutting 500 calories out of your lunch every single day just just from eating whole foods over processed foods yeah 100 that's exactly where i was going with it no i was gonna say make a note to to realize that everything we're talking about in terms of doing pick and plug and pick and play with is picking from our sources of whole foods in order to fill ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Not, not um, say, oh, I'm not going to have uh, eggs and uh, oatmeal today. I'm going to go to Dunkin' Donuts and get three Boston creams and a, a large frat. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it doesn't work that way. I, I, but also, uh, I think even if you even met even closer to that, I think even going to Dunkin' Donuts and getting three wake-up egg white wraps yes. is still not that great of a decision. Yes. You know what I mean? I, 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 I see this all the time. There's a lot of food out there, not to get off on a tangent, is that's marketed as like healthier options. But again, if someone is microwaving your wake-up wrap, you know, your foldable egg in a tortilla, oh you know what I mean? It's, is it better than a donut? Yeah. But is it the best option? No. And for most people, you know, you could have made the same thing at mm-hmm. home, but, you know, controlled the calories, use like, you know, some better quality ingredients, stuff like that. So I don't necessarily think that like, you know, you don't always search for like the most convenient options when it comes mm-hmm. to this stuff. Sometimes there are certain barriers 
set up that are gonna help you with controlling your calorie intake. So for example, having to cook your food is a barrier. It's a little bit, it's more inconvenient than ordering it. So that's a barrier. That means now you've limited down your options because you've got to go by what do you have in your house. And then it's, then you limit it even more by like, well, what am I good at cooking? You know what I mean? What are other people going to eat? And now you want those barriers because just endless access to options is not the the best, not the best option. You know what I mean? It's not always the best option. You can't just... I have these conversations with people all the time. They they ask me like, well, what do you eat? Like, what do things do you eat? And I'll tell them like, it's not that exciting. Yeah, it's not that exciting. It's not that sexy. Like, it's like egg whites and cream of rice or oatmeal. Then it's like some sort of chicken thigh or salmon with rice or potato. And then it's usually some sort of chicken or fish or red meat with rice or potato. And then usually similar for dinner. And then maybe a Greek yogurt in there or some cottage cheese or something. That's eighty to ninety percent of the time. But it's easy, it's predictable, it yeah. works, and then when I have pizza on a Saturday night, it's not gonna be in the end of the world for me. It's more so, when, when you have now, so then now when you have your pizza on the weekend, it's more of a treat, it's something that seems, yeah. you know, like it, it's, it's more lavish, like it's not like, oh, this is just the normal, this is what I do. Just yeah, like, yeah, and it's not even like a, it's not even, and it's getting out of the, the mindset of having like a cheat meal. Yeah. yeah, it's just, I understand the flexible that I can be flexible. That it's okay to have some pizza, and if I'm gonna have some pizza, I'm gonna order from a place that I know tastes really good. And mm-hmm. might maybe it's even some place that's a little further away. Why? Because it's a treat. It's mm-hmm. it's, it has novelty to it. Mm-hmm. When you're just grabbing like the five dollar ready to go Little Caesars pizzas, there's mm-hmm. no novelty to that. You can do it any day of the week. Mm-hmm. And then for most people, they then that's why they end up eating that type of food more frequently. Is just because it's super convenient. It's yeah. super convenient to go to McDonald's over going home and cooking a burger. A hundred percent. And I and I actually. I believe more so in sense of shade more so even so when the weekend comes, what I like to do because, <coughs> excuse me, um, what I like to do is uh, get ingredients from, so there's an awesome place down here in uh, actually Troy, New York called the Fazio's. I love pizza. Um, so what I'll do is get their ingredients okay. and then bring them home and I can kind of make, pick and play and kind of pick and choose what I want um, it to be simply because the way I view quote unquote, what you call a cheat meal when it's really just a meal, we're not cheating on anything. But anyways, the way I view it is, I would rather have good ingredients, like you said, from a quality place, be able to bring it home and make it myself, because then I can use, say, like lactose-free cheese, or yeah. I can use strictly my own seasonings and the whole food I have at home yeah. to still make that meal. No matter what, 10 times out of 10, that's gonna be better than saying, uh, calling up Domino's and getting yes. some breadsticks and some cheese pizza. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah. simply based off of the quality of the ingredients that you're putting into your body. Yeah, and and like you know, getting off into not to get too far off into the woods there, but just like mm-hmm. yeah, like if you're eating whole food. Uh, ingredients and whole food choices with your meals, you're less likely to overeat them. Like no one ever really eats eight ounces of salmon and goes, man, I I can't stop eating the salmon. I need more of it. You know what I mean? It's, it it sets you up for success. Cause I, I, I just had this conversation like multiple times this week and I, I know that we keep saying that, but we talk to people. Well, we this, do, this, this is what we talk, do all, all day long as I have these conversations, but I just had this conversation with several different people uh, in my like group classes that I do, um, I have this, these conversations in passing all the time, which is just trying to get people to just understand why eating more protein is important and all stuff. And then I had a couple of people, they, they actually like, you know, well, I, mean, I think I'm going to try that. So they didn't even like track. They just, mm-hmm. the next day they ate a good source of protein for all their meals. And every single one of them were like, 
that really worked. Mm-hmm. I felt so full all day. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't like snacking, you know, and I was, and again, it's just, this is stuff that we know as common knowledge now, but we're trying to help people with it. So the reason why I bring that up is because if you can find foods like protein sources, produce, whole grain, you know, or a good quality carb sources that you enjoy eating, that's just step one. Now you start now you start feeling the results of that, better digestion, more energy, less snacking. So now once you have that down, now you can go find some cool recipes and stuff like that. But if you come out of the gate looking on Pinterest for all the creative recipes in the world, again, it's not sustainable. You need to be okay with eating, you know, steak with salt and pepper on it. You know what I mean? And you need to be okay with eating, you know, baked salmon with not a a, you know, a ton of Gordon Ramsay ingredients on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, so like, yeah. you got to be okay with good quality food, how it is, and and you know, kind of uh, retraining your palate to be okay with that stuff. It's like like Tyler's drinking like a, a seltzer water right now. I drink those all the time, mm-hmm. and anytime I recommend it to someone who's used to drinking soda, the first thing they say to me is, "Ugh, I don't like the taste of that. It's so bland." Mm. For me, a, a seltzer tastes so good because I never, I don't drink soda. Water. Yeah, I just yeah, drink water. So it's, you have to, you have to retrain your palate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, I know this is supposed to be about consistency, but these are real expectations to have when you start, first start trying to wean yourself off of soda or liquid calories, or you start yeah. trying to eat more whole foods. Understand, it's not going to be as palatable right off the bat. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be as sexy. It's not going to be as fun right off the bat. But you're just retraining yourself, and you're creating a baseline. And understanding that not going to happy hour five days a week and drinking your face off is not deprivation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So like, you have to start reframing your mind, understanding that like, if you want to have take better care of your health, you got to understand that yeah, maybe you should go to bed a little bit earlier. Maybe you should be moving a little bit more. Maybe you should be eating more protein. And once you get that stuff down then you can start to play with the nuances of it. But at first, we really just got to work on getting you to eat more protein, exercise more regularly, and then you can start talking about things like progressive overload and, mm-hmm. and you know, different protein sources and all that stuff. But if you don't even know, you know, how many grams of protein are in the, the meal you're currently eating every morning, then we got to fix that we first. Fix that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's where we, need, where we need to start with. I think, I don't think by any means you're actually varying off of consistency because in my opinion, I think a huge part of being able to stay consistent is, I feel like there's a huge lack of education and this could be a whole other podcast we could actually do probably, but... No, but I agree with you, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a huge, huge lack of education on uh, just basic quality like diet, nutrition, exercise that should be, I feel like, put in school and instituted much more than parallelograms and stuff. Again, yeah. We'll save that for a different one. But um, what I'm saying is we're, when it comes to food, we're expected to just eat mostly usually what's in front of us and what tastes the best rather than raising our awareness of how the food is making us feel. Yeah. You know, I think so many people are just blind to say like, and they don't notice that they have that that uh, that big 12 cup pizza and then they just want to sit on the couch and do absolutely nothing yeah. the whole rest of the day. You have to realize that once you start instituting these more whole foods, uh, getting your protein, you will have more energy just day to day. I'm not even speaking about your exercises. You'll feel better. You'll be more clear headed. Yeah. You'll be able to take more of your genuine, <clears throat> excuse me, of your genuine self into every single day. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's one of the conversations I have uh, with people very frequently. Is like <clears throat> when I when I wake up in the morning and I make breakfast, like 
it never even occurs to me mm-hmm. to uh, I, I, I would want to have like a muffin right now yeah, or like pancakes and butter or whatever it is even though that stuff tastes good I just know that I'll, I'm not gonna feel great after I eat it so mm-hmm. like why knowingly make that decision now does that mean I never eat those things ever no I but like again if I know it's a Saturday and I don't have five hours of back-to-back appointments and maybe it's not a workout day for me mm-hmm. I'm a little bit more lenient just like you like yeah. I like I, yeah I'm not I'll still eat protein every meal but I'm not gonna be as you know anal about it but during the week when I've got appointments and clients to, to work with and I have you know I have to get my workouts in I want to feel as good as possible so again I'm making these choices because these are what make me feel the best I'm not making these choices because oh I need to lose weight or mm-hmm. I need to lose body fat or I it's just I know I'm gonna feel like shit mm-hmm. mentally yes. and physically if I eat a big bowl of fruity pebbles for breakfast and nothing else. Oh my you know, but there's not. That's not to say that I don't ever have cereal with breakfast, but yeah. I always have a protein with it. Mm-hmm. Same thing with lunch. I'm never gonna go get mac and cheese for lunch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, yeah. M- middle of the day, fucking hot out. <laughs> like I still heavy, heavy oh. sitting in your stomach. All that cheese and cream is like. Why would I, anyone want to feel that way for the, the you know, and, and that makes sense to me. But for some people, they're just like, well, it tastes good mm-hmm. or it's convenient. So I think taste and convenience should be a bonus, yes. not the, not the, the yeah, force. not the driving force behind your, your, your food decisions. So it, as we're kind of winding down, if we had to give like a couple of takeaways as to how to start developing consistency, a few that I have, and you know, you feel free to add yours. Sure. Would be, you know, one pick your ideal workout time. And now that and that doesn't necessarily mean this is the time I want to work out. This mm-hmm. is the time that you know you're not going to skip it. Yes, that's a huge difference because mm-hmm. when you want to work out versus what's the ideal time is not always the same thing. So pick the ideal time where you're less likely to skip it. So for example, let's say you work at a job, uh, you know, you work at a business that has a gym in the in the facility. Maybe for you it's lunchtime. Maybe mm-hmm. for you it's lunchtime because you know, okay, I I'm gonna pack food that's easy to eat that I can eat at my desk after I work out. So maybe you're gonna work out at lunchtime. Or maybe you're someone who needs to work out early in the morning because it's based on your schedule. Whatever the case may be, pick your ideal workout time. Uh, the one that you're gonna stick to that you're not gonna skip pick a realistic number of days to work out Mm -hmm. so you know three four whatever it is it doesn't need to be every day it doesn't need to be six I'd say between three three to four is perfect if you can get more cool Mm -hmm. but three to four would be perfect now one thing that I like to 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 really emphasize is try not to have back-to-back off days Mm-hmm. So th- this is very important. So if it means if you don't work out today, you have to work out tomorrow. Yeah. So if you if you work out on you know Wednesday and you skip Thursday, that means no matter what happens on Friday, you got to work out because again, if you let two back to back days stack up, you're more likely to then the third day go. Oh well, I'm just going to start Monday. That being said, I would say tip number three is start your week off with a workout. Day. Yes. So I would say every every week, and I heard this tip too recently, which was if your week starts on Monday, try to get your first workout in on Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. This way, you're less likely to skip Monday. So uh, th- these are all workout related ones right now. So ideal time to work out. Start your week off with a workout and pick a non-negotiable number of days to work out. You know, don't take two back to back off days. And then when it comes to calories, 
have a you know have a menu mm -hmm. and I'm not saying you have to go on you know Canva and type up your own menu I'm saying have a menu of items uh, that you know you build a menu, yeah, build, a <laughs> build a menu of items yep. that you know you like and that you will realistically eat on a regular basis it just doesn't have to be a crazy large menu I'm talking yeah one I think th this is my suggestion I think one to three options for breakfast and lunch yes. and then maybe you know three to five options for dinner yep. now that, that, that yeah so for me i give more leniency for dinner because mm -hmm. i feel like lunch and breakfast most people eat the same things every day anyway they just might not be the great choices but how many people do you know who go to dunkin donuts every single fucking day yeah, you know what you yeah every <laughs> single day so you have the capability to eat the same thing every day so have a menu of options that you can stick to you know every day and for your calories set a range mm -hmm. don't be married to an exact number. So that means if your goal is, they say, 1,700 calories a day, give yourself a 16 to 1,800 calorie range. Mm -hmm. This way, you're not married to a certain number. It makes it a little bit more sustainable. And if you're working with a coach, they may have, or I tell that to my clients all the time, if you're working with a coach and they haven't made that aware to you, maybe ask them about that. Mm -hmm. You know, is it okay if I stay in this range? And if they're a good coach, they'll tell you, yeah, because mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter. So what are some that you have? Uh, so for me, um, I'm much more nutrition-based. Uh, that's what I tend to focus on, especially uh, with my clients, although we do work on the person also. But um, I say as far as so quick tips are for when you're grocery shopping, try to stick more so to the outside edges uh, of the store. Normally, generally speaking, that's where more of the produce, the whole foods are going to be based. Yeah. Inside is where uh, more of the chips, processed stuff is going to be. Um, as far as a, in relation with staying consistent, um, again, I also had to build a menu for yourself because that's what I do for myself as well. And I tell Dude, my clients the same. Every week when we go grocery shopping, you know, Meg, my wife will be like, well, what, what are we doing for dinners? Yep. And we'll write down on the list the dinners we're going to have for the week. And mm -hmm. the dinners are always a protein. Yes. And then we figure out what we're going to have with it. Yep. So it's basically what protein do you want for dinner? Mm -hmm. And not to interrupt you, but one thing I would do is when you do buy the, the proteins in advance, mm -hmm. um, one tip that I use with clients too is take it out to thaw in the morning. <laughs> it sounds so so simple, but if you take that meat out to thaw and sit it on your counter in the morning, you see it and you know you're gonna have that and you're more likely to cook it, you're probably not gonna throw out thawed meat and you also can't let it sit for too many days and it goes bad. So you're probably not gonna thaw it out and then go, I'm not gonna cook this and throw it out. The likelihood of that happening is not high. Yeah, 100%. I, um, I, I think another one for me, uh, huge, and we didn't talk about too much throughout the podcast, but it's really focusing on your, your inner self-talk. Yeah. Making sure that you are your your biggest cheerleader, but also your critic, and know that you're going to be the one that's going to hold you accountable. Unless you physically cannot move your body to, to feed yourself, you are going to be the one that makes those choices to put that Dude, that's so, I mean, I could, we could probably do a whole podcast on that, but like, yeah. I've had those conversations with people before where they say like, oh, you know... I just don't really have control over, not even self-control, there's like yeah. saying that they don't have control over what they're gonna eat at a certain party mm -hmm. or at a certain dinner, or maybe they're going to a friend's house. It's like, yes you do. You're the, your hand is putting it in yes. your mouth. So you can make that decision. Now, you can understand and have realistic expectations to know, okay, if I eat this, let's say it's pizza. Mm -hmm. I eat this pizza, I know this doesn't fit into my diet plan. But I understand that it's okay, yep. it's not a big deal, yep. and that I'm making the decision to eat this. That's as simple as it is. You have control. Now, you can make the choice to eat it, and that's mm -hmm. fine. You can make the choice to not eat it, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, like 
Yes, inner self-talk is very important. Celebrate your wins. That means yep. if you have a good breakfast, acknowledge it. It doesn't mean you have to throw a fucking parade, yeah. but just if you eat a good breakfast, yeah. a high protein breakfast, and like, that's awesome. good. yeah, or even just simple as like, oh, I'm glad I made that decision. Mm-hmm. That's as simple as it is. And you stack like five, six of those throughout the day, you're gonna yes. feel way better about yourself. A hundred percent, man. hundred percent agree. Um, and then I think the last one. Uh, for me that I didn't have right here. Oh, as um, again, making sure that you are aware of everything, aware of how you're feeling post after your workouts, how are you feeling after you had, um, let's say, and <laughs> we'll go with our old, old time favorite, our eggs and oats, compared to when you had that fruity pebbles and your blood sugar dropped and you had no energy for the workout. Like it's, there's so many things that go, go into and affect, uh, you know, your daily workouts and, you know, simply not definitely obviously your nutrition, but there's other, it's your nutritional choices. And it's also, you know, the mindset you're taking into it. Are you, like we talked about earlier, going to bed a bit earlier so you have more energy to bring into that workout, raise your awareness of your own body and how things are making you feel on a day to day basis. We're so numb to it simply because we're so focused on a million different things or we're stuck in social media or, um, you know, spending too much time with, with work and not, you know, giving, realizing that we have to give to ourselves before we can give unto others. Oh, it's super, yeah, I have like, again, another conversation I have very frequently is that like, if you're not taking care of yourself, you know, some people will, you know, always use that as like, kind of like a reason to be inconsistent. Well, I have to take care of this person, yep. I have kids, I have exactly. a job, whatever. But like, listen, I promise you, that if you get your health and, and, and your, your nutrition and your, and your physical well-being on track, mm-hmm. you will take better care of, of your significant other, your kids. You will be better at your job. Even if your job has nothing to do with physical performance. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you feel good and you feel proud of yourself and you feel comfortable in your own skin, it's only going to have positive uh, out, you know, outcomes on the other areas of your life. So whatever you got to do to make that happen, make it happen. Now, again, stay away from extremes. Mm-hmm. Look at more 80-20 split. Develop a menu of items. Set non-negotiable st- standards. And the more you do that and you acknowledge those wins, you're going to be more likely to stay consistent. And then like we said at the beginning, consistency is the most important part of seeing results. It's the yes. only thing that's really going to determine whether or not you see them is whether or not you stay consistent. Yes, 100%. You are what you eat and you are what you do. Then All right. We'll so leave it with that. <laughs> we, uh, yeah. All right. We covered a lot. Uh, I hope you guys got value out of this as usual. Um, if you enjoyed it please share it with people you know let us know what questions you have things you'd like us to talk about in the future um but yeah sharing it giving us a rating and a review really go a long way especially the sharing because you know that's the only way this thing gets out to people is by you guys sharing it in your instagram stories tagging us facebook statuses sending links to people um that's the only way it's going to grow so we appreciate you guys and uh we hope this is helpful thank you guys talk soon